With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And Bob? I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. And who the ball? So listen to Professor Yes, sir. And pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Man, we have the Academy back together again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We can truly have our lyceum today, man. Let's get into the lab and get some of this lecture going, get into the work. Welcome to episode 247 of Inside the HBCU Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU diaspora, all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture in HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Nyadaka Villa, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame around in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas, as they do it. Let me just jump into it. It's been a good one. I want to get a chance to at least play the audio, if we would, of the video uh, from the post-game of uh, Jackson State, LSU. Coach Tamika Reed, she had a drop-the-mic moment. Everybody has been just jamming on it in many different ways. Let's go ahead. Yeah. So, um, man, that was powerful. I mean, I it resonated with me in so many different ways. Charles, you were there live, and so you were in, a, I'm sure, a heightened emotion in terms of living through the ups and downs and ultimately uh, 
not the ability to quite close it out, but being really so close, and I'm sure feeling it so many different ways, but as a professional, as yourself, I know you were like, hey, we got to get to the end where it's 0-0 zero, zero, and make sure we have at least a one-point lead to really finalize this in so many different ways. And we were literally texting back and forth as I'm traveling from Dayton, Ohio, giving the insights, uh, getting the opportunity to follow Texas Southern University in terms of the basketball and then coming down uh, on a charter flight, getting into Fort Worth, uh, getting ready to play um, Kansas uh, would be. So it was just a whirlwind of emotion as we're talking back and forth, um, texting a little bit of Mike and Mike doing his thing and laughing and making fun and talking about different things. What was your emotional state of mind? Let me just get straight to that. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, you know, uh, Jackson State was – four minutes and 54 seconds away from history. And uh, it just seemed like the clock couldn't tick down fast enough. Uh, you know, uh, I, you know I, I can't say anything because all you, all you really want is an opportunity at the end. And uh, Jackson State had, you know, their opportunities coming down the stretch and just weren't able to, you know, uh, come away with the victory. But, I, I couldn't say they left it all out there on the court. I mean, it was um, almost a little bit emotional, you know, to, to see the, the last seconds tick off uh, because you knew uh, those young ladies, they left everything out there on the court. And it was, uh, you know, initially, you know, draining, uh, but there was the euphoria of knowing that they came in um, a 14th seat and gave LSU everything they could want and more. And just came up short. She comes in with the quote and says, uh, we have to fight for our culture. And ultimately closes out saying it's time to come back and knock the walls down. Mike, mm. how did that resonate with you when you heard that? Man, I think I text you in the group and I was like, mic drop. <laughs> A couple of things were going through my mind. I was like, I hope the intended audience receives the message. I was like, I hope that message resonates through because she took a moment and she, I don't know if you, you saw, took a moment, pause, and then gave those statements as if she thought about that for a second and wanted to make sure that it reached the intended audience. I was emotional like CB. To me, I, I don't, I'm not even a graduate of, of Jackson State. But the effort that the ladies put out there, I'm telling you, I think I also checked LSU, no more parts of them. <laughs> Had they gone, they wanted no more, uh, no more. I know that's bad English. I'm going to have to get over it. They wanted no more of that Jackson State squad because they gave them everything, left it on the floor, as CB said. But And I got emotional because I felt for those young ladies. They had given it all, not only during the season, but during the during this particular game right here. And they themselves very worthy to be, uh, to be honest, to me, higher seated. Yeah, I, you know me as a researcher, and I've made a career literally of researching HBCUs, coming up with terminologies, you know, HBCU sports culture, resonating and putting in journal articles, and to some degree, even having like national magazines and newspapers, such as the uh, New York Times, uh, asked me to provide quotes and framing of this discussion. Um, and that's ultimately what my work is about. And for you to have a coach at that level 
speak, as you said, and send a message in regards to talking about it's not just about our institution. We have pride in our institutions, and you should, but that's a general framework. Everybody does that. You know, HBCUs or historically white colleges, I refer to them. But to understand the collective mm. of not just a conference, but HBCUs and above that and understand what they mean to um, the community and at large the uplift and empowerment it can make across the world for the Africana diaspora is significantly huge for me. So for me, it made everything that I've done to this point, it made it all worthwhile. Mm. So I will forever be grateful uh, to Coach Reed, no matter what she does moving forward in terms of a level of success, where she decides to have that excess, whether it's on the court, off the court, in terms of um, whatever that may be, um, I'll be forever grateful for her in front of a national stage and audience speaking those words to power for me. So mm -hmm. I had to lead off the show with that sentiment because it was just bigger than a win or loss. It was bigger than the showcase that she put together. We all knew the team was talented. We all knew what she meant um, to Jackson State, what she meant to the SWAC, what she meant to HBCUs, what she meant to women's basketball. We all knew that. What she meant to African-Americans, other minorities uh, that are seeking to have an opportunity and know they have the skill set and ability to get it done, but may not have access. Um, so to do that meant everything to me. So I won't belabor the point, but I wanted to make sure that we had a chance for our lab listeners who I think for the most part will greatly appreciate that. Um, it just shows a different context. And this is not to belabor those that may think differently to understand that they're trying to win as well. They just see the course of winning differently. Uh, but when people see greater than themselves or greater than an institution, again, that's just a powerful uh, framework uh, as we move back. Um, as Dr. Carr uh, has talked about in his classes and his lecture unit in terms of understanding Africana studies and the social structure and the governance structure, she spoke in terms of understanding the governance structure versus the social structure. I think we video, uh, we've got the video available. You okay. want to play it? Yeah, we can play it. Play it full school so everybody can see. hadn't been accomplished in this program and in this conference, but now it's time to come back and knock the walls down. We have to continue to fight for our... Uh, that comes from not only the national media, but for a specific media that can speak to them to a different level. So shout out to y'all for getting that done. Uh, let me get into it. I know we're quick and about to get in a break. A couple of things when we get in there. Obviously, breaking news in terms of Alabama A&M, uh, coach uh, part ways. 
Um, to give a little insight, to ask Coach Dylan Howard. I got some information that suggests that uh, it wasn't necessarily that Alabama A&M was ready to get for him. They were looking maybe to try to get him to go year to year. He was not uh, wanting to do that. He wanted a multi-year deal. And so at the end of the day, he decided uh, to separate and move away. So give you a little more context that I'm not sure is out there, certainly part ways, but that's part of the context. Uh, that is part of my source. Having to clear with my source that make sure that they have a name, but I, I, I'll get that if it's appropriate later. But I want to appreciate those that continue to make sure that we get information uh, to provide more context than that. Uh, the other big news that's out there, and we'll get a chance near the end of the show, really get a deeper dive in that, but I want to make sure we got it out there. Talladega College will play for a national championship. Uh, this is courtesy of HBC Game Day in terms of the breakdown, but a lot of people were watching the semifinals, including uh, BCSN. Uh, you had a show yesterday with Brian and AD as they broke down, and they will have a watch party right after our show. Stick with it. We'll get some more insight before the end of the show. But they won a thrilling, the Talladega Tornadoes, HBC, uh, obviously out of Alabama, uh, was in Kansas City Tuesday night. The number two seed at Talladega, 32-5, and five, will face against the number one seed, Louisiana, 35-1 and one at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. So, again, right after this game, after the show stick with uh, Brian and AD of Sports Wrap, they'll give you a watch party to break that down. Uh, they beat Thomas Moore out of Kentucky 78 to 77 in overtime. Defensive stop got it done in so many different ways. Powerful to see this could be the second HBCU championship of the year. Obviously, Paul Quinn's men uh, got it done as they won the United States Collegiate Athletic Association Division I championship a couple of weeks ago as they defeated uh, Bryant and Stratton Buffalo 80 to 69 uh, in Petersburg, Virginia. Shout out to Paul Quinn College as Talladega Tornadoes will try to do it at the NIA level. Fascinating. Really want to get inside this matchup because it's so unique in many different ways. But we'll tease that out, wait until the end of the show. But I will ask Charles some general thoughts in terms of this matchup uh, in regards to Talladega. And when I say about the matchup, more in regards to your excitement for Talladega playing for a challenge. Oh, definitely uh, excited uh, uh, for uh, Talent Day to get, get this opportunity for national exposure. I think it'll be on uh, ESPN3 tonight, but uh, uh, it's huge. Anytime you have an HBC playing for a national championship, uh, uh, NAIA national championship, uh, it speaks volumes for the program. Mike, any general thoughts in terms of Talent Day plays for a championship? Man, go Tornadoes. I mean, they are doing it. They've done it all season, though. If you look at their season, they've done it. They've led that conference and scored. We'll get into some of the X and O's and some of the critical data points. But, man, just all, all around, congratulations to the Tornadoes. They're playing a team they've played a couple of times, you know, this year. So it'll be an interesting matchup now that the stakes and the chips are up. So we'll see where the data points kind of lie. Yeah, I'll be able to get you into some data points. I've taken some notes uh, at the end of the show. Yeah, I want folks to stick around because there's a lot of ways why this is fascinating. We haven't seen something like this in quite some time, maybe going back to the Big East States in terms of where you've seen conference foes play for a national championship. It's one of the last times I've seen it in terms of basketball. Uh, so fascinating a lot of ways to see uh, that come down from that perspective. Before we go to the break, I do want to shout out Brian Johnson, Wendell Davis is in the, in the house, Anthony Weston, Brian Johnson. 
Uh, Lonnie Shaw, what's up, A&T Aggie? Shout out to A&T as they go for a championship outdoor. Obviously, just nipped out in terms of the indoor race they had. Wendell Davis says hello and good evening. Uh, Karen Griffin is in the house as always. Juan C. Hill, I see you, Hill. Brother Hill's out here. Ricky Burton, Chuck Hunt in the house. Glenda Lattimore, Herman Shelton, what's up, Fly? Anthony Weston. Kay Johnson, always in the house. Great evening, Sports Lab fans, no doubt about it. Appreciate it. Uh, Wendy Jenkins Bishop is making sure she uh, shows us some love. Appreciate it. One of the hardest works. They come, she's coming in to see her boo. She's <laughs> 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 making sure. She makes sure. You know, I like you make sure you're on point. I told you Michael Who else we got in here? Noel Price. R.B. Parker, Michael Rodog reed is in here, LaShawn Harris, Chad Cooper, Jimmy Wilson is in the house. Yes, yes. J-Dub. J-Dub. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you shouting them out loud. We'll get some more folks in there. Let's go ahead and go to this first break and come back. I'm going to give you the final poll for the HBCU rankings. Not a lot of surprise here, but we'll make sure we do it and make it official in terms of what we get into the next second quarter uh, before we proceed with the rest of the show. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports the top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best Black College baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for Black Baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. That spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield. Never not working. 
They gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock, lock, and who the boss, So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into some of these poll rankings. Let's let's start. Shivery's not dead. We'll start with the women uh, in terms of how we look at things. No team dropped out this week. Those receiving votes just outside of the top five for excellent seasons. Alabama State Hornets 15 and 15, 12 and 6. One of the few teams that were least able to give Jackson State a fight. Uh, Certainly in the championship game, uh, made it interesting. Uh, had a solid season, probably not to their expectation. Uh, not even making the top five, but something to think about as they continue to move forward. Cotton State Eagles, 15 to 13, 9 and 5. Uh, interesting coming out of the meet. They're just out of the top five. In terms of the top five, while you know that you'll have a SWAT team at the top, you actually have three MEAC teams out of the top five. See what y'all think about that. At number five is Alabama a and Bulldogs, 15-14, and 13-5. Had a solid season. Um, however, kind of stumped the foot, if you would, in terms of the tournament. Still remain in the top five at, num- at 67 points. At number four, you have Morgan State Bears, 18-8, and 11-3, 72 points. Uh, remain at number four. Number three is Norfolk State Spartans, 17-12, 11-3. Got the NAIA tournament. Did, if you would, uh, lost in the finals of the MEAC tournament after a co-tri-champion, actually it was, of the regular season. Seven, eight points remain in number three. Greenness in the number two. Howard Bison, 21 to 10, 11 and three. This included a uh, historical win in terms of the first four. First time MEAC got a Division One tournament win, if you would, in terms of the NCAA tournament. 81 points, finished two. Got a little bit of Respect in terms of getting over the hump as they played for a conference championship last year after winning the regular season and losing to a and uh, They won their division, I should say. Uh, they come back and get it done, so great move by them. Defeat Norfolk State in the previous winning tournament, so big game there. At number one, Jack State Tigers. The Lady Tigers, 23-7, and 18-0, uh, 21-0 in terms of SWAC competition, uh, going back to 30-some wins. Over the last two years, all 10 first-place votes, 100 points, uh, dropped the mic for the coaches. They get it done. Jack State Tigers. Check this out. They go wire to wire. Number mm. one for 12 consecutive weeks in the poll ranking, final team. So, obviously, in terms of the major division, national champion, women's HBCU team is none other than Jackson State Tigers. Kudos to them. I'll start with you, Mike and then allow Charles to close it up. Go ahead, Mike. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think you're going to stop right there, Jackson State. I mean, what else do we need to be – what else needs to be said? The rest of your poll, you know, Howard, Norfolk State, you can change them interchangeably. But really, Jackson State is the pride of women's basketball. They're number one. Um, I think you have, what, Alabama A&M, number five? Or was yes. It? And uh, they did, you know, step up at times, and 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 maybe they they closed the lead or the margin of victory at times with against Jackson State, but there was no other team that could just match up. Uh, Howard had some good um, some good uh, moments toward the end of the season, so 
No issues with the poll. I think it's self-explanatory. Jackson State right now is the pride of HBC women's basketball right now. And they are without without a doubt, unequivocally the number one team. Yeah, what's going to be fascinating before I go to you, Charles, is mm -hmm. seeing what other teams are going to do to try to catch them. You know, it's one thing to get to that mountaintop and continue to stress, and obviously Dr. Reed, I mean, Coach Reed is going to find ways to do that. But there are going to be teams that are going to, you know, some are moving in terms of different coaching is one aspect, and the other ones are going to be trying to improve uh, what they do. So it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, how long we can go. But well, the biggest thing yeah. is to celebrate them right now because they're at the top of the mountain. Let me go to you. Well, they, they, let me, let me, they, they have, they, I saw a couple of things. They had a couple of, uh, you know, folks at uh, recruits I saw on social media. So, and he <laughs> can elaborate more on that. The, the question for me is, you know, you know, Coach Reed, you know, <laughs> there in Jackson State, in Mississippi, you know, can we can we keep her there? As well as mm-hmm. kind of changing their model to kind of mimic or more compete more competitively with Jackson State. I think that's the, the natural question. Yeah. Um, I do think that sometimes we get in trouble with the the American framing that if you do well at one level, automatically your desire is to go and get the money. Obviously, uh, financial opportunities are big. But I will say this. I've already got a source that has told me that a contract has already been delivered <laughs> in terms of extension and a significant pay raise. So to think that um, VP of Athletics at Jackson State University that was just announced on his own accord in terms of a national award at the FCS level uh, for being uh, recognized as uh, the Athletic Director of the Year, if you think he's sitting on his ass, <laughs> I just want to be frank with everybody. If you think he goes sit there and just let her walk out the door without uh, being prepared, which – my understanding, contract was there already before the game because he knows. <laughs> so you know, come on, you know, let's think yeah. about it. Multiple ways to look at this that people not just gonna sit down. They're gonna make sure that they can do everything in their power to let her know that they value her. And yeah. You don't know if she feels that she's finished with the business um, because she's going to have even more options if she's able to continue what she's doing, and therefore the options she has may be even more significant than if she just jumped, quote, unquote, at anything right now. Um, right. Didn't want to jump too far out there, but Charles, go ahead and let me no. know about your poll. No, I think that's a great point. Uh, I, I, I echo Michael's, uh, Mike's sentiments. Uh, you can't say anything else about this Jackson State uh, women's basketball team. They've done it all. They've checked all the boxes. Uh, one of the top offensive teams in the swag, top defensive teams in the swag. And more than anything else, they're just scrappy. Uh, they die for those bucks. I mean, they literally check all the boxes that you can think of in terms of what you want in a basketball team. Uh, to your point, Doc, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, just talking with Coach Reed uh, after that game, there's almost a giddiness and excitement uh, to already get to next year uh, in terms of knowing the pieces that she needs uh, to make a legit Sweet 16 run. So it's there's you know a whole lot of excitement around this Jackson State uh, women's basketball team because uh, she, she has a formula 
she has a blueprint and she's trying to follow up on that blueprint. And uh, to, uh, she's already talked about this team as fashion, uh, like a power five team. And to really put that team out there uh, for the world to see next season, uh, adding some pieces to it. So there's there's already an excitement that's built up around this program. Thank you for that. I did want to uh, pick a little bone with <clears throat> Charles Edmond. And, you know, that's my brother, Tall Man Radio. Shout out to him, accolades and the recognition he got Texas A&M in terms of them understanding the talent that we already knew that he had. Um, so that's enough in terms of that. But um, he gave some great dialogue and information on the show, Sports Wrap, yesterday. But I think sometimes we get carried away with this idea that, you know, that the whole conference has to bear the weight of playing certain schedules and winning games uh, uh, to get a higher seating. And while that helps, that's not the final point. I want to bring your attention to these numbers. But sometimes we just get information and we run with things, and I'm not sure if we take the deeper dive. Out of the 32 conferences that are in the NCAA, right, 32 conferences in the NCAA, a third of them get multiple bids. We know most of them, five of them are the power five, right? Then you have in basketball a couple of more that fit in that seven, eight category, the top eight conferences, which is the Big East. Uh, sometimes you have Atlantic 10 in there, obviously the Big West. Uh, sometimes they interchange in terms of that, what that looks like um, uh, in, in terms of what's going on. But that's about it. That means two-thirds of the field are one-bid conferences. Mm-hmm. In one-bid conferences, everybody's not a 16 or 15 seed. And so if you're a one-bid conference, that means all of your teams in your conference are not playing great. And so even though they're not supposed to do this, they do look at a team's success. There's a reason why Gonzaga had a one-bid league when they first started some on a run some 20-some years ago when the school was literally about to go broke in terms of the enrollment numbers after they made their run and people started seeing that this program was a powerhouse program, even if they played in the league and then a couple of teams in the league caught up and they got multiple bids. But they were able to get more than a 15, 16 seed when they were just a one-bid lead in one team. Belmont at an OVC, which is a one-bid. Murray State, it had one bid. Murray State got more than, uh, you know, a 15, 16 seed. Everybody else in OVC sucked other than Belmont. They had two decent teams. And Belmont wasn't even good enough to get an at-large bid to let you know how bad the rest of the conference was. So y'all need to study a little more in regards to all the different frameworks about understanding quad one wins and what does that mean versus a conference versus the individual institution. So if the institution gets the reputation and show what they do individually, they can get it done. So we keep believing like this magic potion in the conference, this magic potion in maybe five football power five conferences and maybe seven or eight basketball conferences. And it's not even magic potion. What you find out it's about the money you put in your program. There's a red line study that was done that said that if you have a at the red line, meaning you spend a minimum amount of money, either as an institution or on a sport, basically at that time it was a million dollars in terms of basketball conference, two point some million dollars. Obviously that's exploded since then. But if you reach that line, you're going to run like 70 
95% of your games, no matter who you play. And if you do that, obviously you're going to be in a position where you get a good ranking. Has nothing to do with all these other magic components. And you do that, that means you're starting to win games. You start to play quiet one games and you win more. Then as an institution, you're going to find yourself a position of getting better seating, not just the conference. It's, it's, it's more than just that. With that, let's go to the break. We'll come back out of the break. We'll get into the men's top 10 power rankings and maybe a little bit of baseball. And we'll even give these uh, individuals a chance to respond if they want to in terms of those stocks right there. Stiglitz will be right back after this quick break as we get into the second half, third quarter. Let's go. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Itchy Squirmy Scratchy Family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. This is uh, Dr. Caville with Professor Washington, Professor Bishop. Dr. Caville is inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Uh, Professor Bishop, I heard you wanted to shout out to, to, to your high school and shout out to when it's back to Mississippi. You told me I, needed to, I just dropped the lecture license, so you told me to go put on my glasses. Put on my glasses while you share the news before we get into poll rankings and any other thoughts you have right now since you pushed my button there. I'm a yeah. for that. You do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me send a shout out to Murrah High School uh, and their prowess in the sweat. Mo Williams, Murrah High School, head coach, Dexter State Men's Basketball. George Ivory, head coach, Mississippi Valley State Men's Basketball. Uh, formerly Lindsey Hunter from Murrah High School as well, Mississippi Valley State. And then Tamika Reed, uh, head basketball coach, Jackson State Women's Program. A.D. Ashley Robinson. Uh, Jackson State uh, Athletic Director, all Murrah High graduates, yours truly, Murrah High graduates, JPS Proud, Jackson Public Schools Proud. What, what's, the, what's the mascot? What's the mascot of Murrah? Uh, the Mustangs, Murrah Mustangs, man. <laughs> <laughs> then you were telling me that it's the, the rival school that uh, Charles, 
Yeah. I ran a school in Callaway, uh, Dr. Charles McClellan. He's an alumnus of, of Callaway. Uh, Don Brown Thornton, uh, head basketball coach at UAPB, Callaway as well. So, uh, Jackson Public Schools representing strong within the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Your president went to public school in Jackson? Went to Provine High? Sure did. Oh, God. Sure did. Uh, and, what's the, and, and what's their mascot? Let you know when you have strong and positive influence, particularly uh, a concentration of African American black people that can push you because obviously we know. No fault of their own, but the Mississippi, in terms of where they rank education mm. for the masses, which is which is a challenge in terms of what like because not enough people get the support necessary. But look what happens when you get people that understand how to support people uh, educationally in terms of pushing them forward. Uh, so shout out when we joke, but that, that's that's a point of reference I want to get out there. Let me get back to it. And get into. Uh, as we continue this lecture, I hope folks are feeling it, getting it. Let's get into major division. We had a team that brought it home, lost some points this week. So let's see if Norfolk State was able to hold on to the number one ranking they had in week 11 for the final ranking. No teams dropped out. The only team receiving votes this week is Howard Bison, 16 to 13, 9 to 5, 60 points. Um, all these teams have winning records to let you know what type of season and how significant you have to be to get in the top five. And number five, North Carolina Central Eagles, 16 and 15, 8 and 5, 61 point, ranked number five. Let you know the legacy that North Carolina Central has put on the table. They had a winning record, top five, but a lot of people will tell you in terms of Eagle fans, they had a disappointing year. And number four, seven, Southern Jaguars, 17 to 14, 12 and 6, 7 and 5, had rumblings that they may not renew contract over there, hadn't finalized anything out of that. But let you know also the type of pride they have in that Southern Jaguar program. Uh, they rank number four, and they're still questioning what they're going to do in terms of coaching. That's kind of crazy. And number three, Alcorn State Braves, 17 and 16, 14 and 4 overall, had a great season behind Coach Busty, uh, coach of the year in terms of swag. Great accolades. Second year getting it done, putting the pressure on a lot of other coaches out there. Ooh. Texas Southern Tigers, 19 and 13, 13 and 5. Four first-place votes. They increased the first-place votes, guys. A first four. The SWAC is in the money. That's two years in a row, two tournaments in a row, tournament wins in a row. That hasn't been done at Texas Southern University amongst all uh, the winning they've done over the last couple of years, over the last 10 years, uh, between Prairie View and Texas Southern. Texas Southern, for sure, has put their stuff in terms of being a basketball program, and that's under uh, – Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, Kevin Granger. Oh, by the way, he is from the state of Mississippi, too. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not about, we're not about to make this show about Mississippi. We are not about to make this show about Mississippi. Exactly. Let's get out of here. <laughs> right. get out of here. We're going to go to Virginia. Norfolk State Sports, they do get it done. 24-7, 12-2, six first place votes, 97 points. Um, coach gets it done over there at Norfolk getting it done as he also will be coaching uh, if you would in terms of the HBCU All-Star Game in New Orleans uh, as Robert Jones will be one of the coaches uh, leading that side of the ball. He was assisted by Fred Watson, the head coach of Miles College that had a great season. 
Uh, Landy Bussy that we talked about will head coach Auburn State will lead Team Clarence Dickhouse games. Uh, so that's going to be fascinating in terms of that. Uh, Robert Jones will lead Team John McClendon, and that's for the HBC All-Star game. We'll be able to get you a little more information on that. Uh, that will be held Final Four weekend in New Orleans at the UNO Lakefront Arena at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Central Time. I certainly will have my eyes on that. I have some folks trying to sneak me down there, but I'm not sure if I'll be able to get out on the clock on the road. But let me go to you, Charles, sticking with you, Charles, starting with you first. What are your thoughts in terms of Norfolk State? You Being know, at the, end, <clears throat> at the end of the year, it's always we get to wondering how fascinating it would be to see the MEAC champion versus the SWAG champion and, and how that would match up. How would a Norfolk State or a Texas Southern uh, have matched up uh, uh, again this year? You know, that tough, uh, rugged physical style that we see in the MEAC, uh, Norfolk State with the scoring spread out evenly uh, versus Texas Southern. So uh, <clears throat> I think you would not have uh, – I, I, I think your poll ranking is on, on point. Uh, Norfolk State, they did they, – they proved it. Uh, from from almost I guess wire to wire pretty much for the most part, uh, but when you take a look at it, Texas Southern, they, they hit another gear. Normally when they get to the term, and it, it happened again this year. Uh, so you take your hats off to both program. Great point, great point. Got it done by two first place votes over Texas Southern University. Mike Watch, you got any problem problem with the number one team? Especially after yeah. Texas Southern did close. Yeah, out I do. I, I I personally think Texas Southern should be number one. Um, I, I wish I had a couple more data points. I dug more into it. You look at the style of play, points per game, statistics. You don't have head-to-head. I wish you did, like CB was mentioning too. But there's a reason that two, three, and four <clears throat> come from the SWAC with all of the parity, as physical <clears throat> as those teams played in the SWAC. Any team could be any given team uh, this year in the SWAC. I think there's an argument to be made for Texas Southern being number one. Number two, that number five slot, you could argue that there are about two other teams that really arguably could be in that. Howard beat North Carolina Central twice during the season. Didn't play them in the in the, uh, the championship. Coppin State ran through both North Carolina Central and Howard. Mm. Lost. So you're going to make an argument for State. Even though they lost in the championship, Norfolk State. So you can make an argument for about a couple more teams at number five. But I would argue that Texas Southern edges out. It would be really nice. Maybe someone comes up with a formula to have this matchup to see some of the SWAC teams play some of the, the MEAC teams. That that would be really nice. At least the top tier or what's considered. I'm sure there's subjectivity to it. The top tier teams play and from the MEAC takes, you know, play some of the top-tier teams in the SWAC. Then we can see mano e mano, you know, whose style is best, whose style prevails. Mm. Yeah, I like that. At the least, uh, we need some preseason matchups. Yeah. We might it, b- between Chris Paul and Michael B. Jordan, a couple of these folks that are putting these games together, and I'm I, hearing some other uh, stars, uh, uh, other franchises out there thinking about putting some of these HBCU Division One matchups together. At least we can get a preseason matchup, you know, so we can kind of imagine and think about it. Obviously, it would be early on and you have to play everything back. Uh, but, man, yeah, it would be fascinating to see what that looks like. Before we get in this break, I want to tease out a little bit at least about baseball. Mm. Baseball kicked off 
the SWAC this weekend. Oh, yeah. I'm going to at least give you the updates. We'll get a chance to talk and get into this as the next couple of weeks come by and get deeper into it. We'll even give you some softball updates as they've been playing over the last two weeks. Uh, but you have Alabama State uh, getting off 3-0, and but don't cook in 3-0. and um, uh, Shout out to Mississippi Valley. 6-6-1 six, six, in terms of starting out the season. Just one and two in the conference race. but What a uh, series. Yeah. yeah, and the game that they won to make sure they didn't get sweeped in the series was huge as they come from behind and win an extra innings in an exciting fashion. Probably shocking everybody. Maybe it's just the matchups, obviously. Jackson State starting out 0-3. Bam, you're 0-3. That was Bam, you versus Alabama State. And you had Jackson State versus Bethune Cookman. Two tough matchups to let you know what the division is. Then you got Texas Southern, 3 0. Alcorn State, they made a statement putting up 32 runs, just giving up one run uh, off, what, 20 some hits in that game. Um, yeah. So they just pounded Alcorn. Alcorn has a lot of work to do, but we know Texas Southern uh, should be good. But the thing is, it's going to be interesting. They usually start off slow. So imagine if they get going early, it'd be scary. Grambling, uh, Prairie View, uh, Southern, obviously. One and two, Grambling, Arkansas, Pablo, two and one coming into the season. So fascinating to see some things going on there. Uh, give you some update. Top teams in uh, Coppin State, three and one. Norfolk State, two and two. Maryland Eastern Shore, two and two. Delaware State, one and three as they kicked off things. Swag on the softball side. Shout out to Jackson State. Jumping off the five and one. Alabama State right behind them at four and two. Uh, and, and that's in the east and the west. You have Texas Southern sitting at six and oh. Uh, right behind him is, Texas, is Southern at 5-1. It'll be interesting to see how these things continue to churn throughout the season. Will these teams stay at the top or will some other things have some things to say about it? Let's take this last break. We're going to come back and we're really going to get into some talk about this Talladega team playing for a national championship as we get prepared to get you into the watch party. We'll come back. I got some interesting notes that I want to talk about this matchup and get uh, the professor's thoughts on that matchup as we get going. Stay with us. We'll be right back as we get into the fourth quarter. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield, never not working. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com.
This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles Bishop, as well as Professor Drew. A.D. Drew is in the house uh, as he will be part of the team with Brian and A.D. as they will do the watch party. So stick with us. Tune off and go right back into BCSN, um, whether it's on YouTube, my JVN, my ECSN. Uh, follow me also on YouTube, excuse me, Facebook Live. I wanted to set this up. I'm not sure people realize. Talladega and Loyola are the number one and two teams in the country. Yep. It's pretty clear that they are. Loyola comes in at 17 and one in the conference. That's a 94% winning percentage. They're 36 and one overall. It's 97% winning percentage. They have won 20 straight games. Talladega, number two team in the country, is 15 and three, 83% winning percentage, 13 and five overall. It's 87% winning percentage, 8.65 to be exact, on a five-game win streak. Their last loss, Talladega, you're talking about, man, that's a short win streak. Yeah, they just came off a multiple win streak before that. They lost a Loyola in the SSAC, as they call it, championship game. Loyola's long loss was back in January, January 17th, against Faulkner University. They got drilled in that game. It was, was on it the up? road, 92 to 73. Yes. Um, and in that matchup, uh, Faulkner is also part of the conference and actually finished 15 to 3, tied with Talladega for the second place, to just let you know. But let me give you a little more. Talladega College has lost, as you know, overall five games. <laughs> Three of those losses are to Loyola. So they only lost two other matchups. One of those, the yep. Vanguard University, 76 to 84. The other loss was a road loss to an HBCU out of their conference, Stillman College. They lost 64 to 57. Both of those losses for Talladega were on the road. Um, and so there was actually a home game scheduled for Talladega January 8th that was postponed. Um, and then you had the other game scheduled February 12th, where you had Talladega lose to Loyola 90 to 82. That game was in New Orleans. Pretty tough contest, as you see there. Sunday, February the 20th, 2022. Talladega gets a chance to get some payback, maybe, at home. But they lose. Another tough game, 77-71, six-point ball game. Fast forward a little further, third time to match up, right? That's that conference championship game I told you about, February 26th. Loyola gets it done by 10 over Talladega, 73 to 63. So they beat them three times. You know, you always say it's tough to beat a team three times, but Loyola <laughs> has to do it four times to <laughs> win the championship. <laughs> and they won a regular season championship. They won a conference championship. And for all that, they go to the NIA National Championship. And guess who they got to face? The team that they had to defeat in the regular season in the championship, and the team they had to defeat. In the championship game. So it's fascinating when you talk about it. That's why I said you hadn't seen stuff like this since maybe the Big East on those ACC matchups, Final Four. The Big East, obviously, when they had three teams go to the Final Four, um, and actually two of them, St. John's and Georgetown. For those Georgetown fans, I know that's not one that you want to remember. Um, maybe this will work out. Maybe this will work out in Talladega's yeah. favor, where they're the underdogs, hey. and they find a way to get it done. Hey, Charles, remember your thoughts. Oh, Well, I, I think the million-dollar question for me, is is if Loyola has beaten Talladega three times this season, 
Is it just a matchup issue uh, that Talladega cannot overcome? I mean, because, uh, you know, once or twice you make you, you, you know, your strategic things that you're going to do to try to change things up or whatever the case might be. But three times uh, now I'm starting to wonder if, if do you have the personnel that can overcome this team? Great point. Uh, Mike, your thoughts. And, Drew, I'm going to save you for last because I want you to kind of touch this off because you're going to also talk about what y'all going to do on the show. All right. So a couple of things, a couple of data points. Uh, Charles raises a good point. You're digging in the data. So I looked into those three wins. Where Talladega Talladega lost, rebounding. You turnovers more. Guess who's number one in the offense in in that conference? Loyola, who's number two, Talladega. Switch it to defense. Who's number one in defense? Talladega. Who's number one in Loyola? Who's number one in D and three and and three pointers? Talladega. Edge Talladega. So they play a different style of play. Average height again each team favor Loyola. Leaders. Let me share a few data points. Again, rebounding. Top of the top five rebounders in that conference. Three belong to Loyola. Thus, the matchup problem that Charles Bishop mentioned. And if you go to those three matchups and dig into the data, that's one of the areas in which uh, Talladega lost. So there are some matchups. You can coach around it, but there are some matchup challenges as well. Scoring, same thing. Two players that are, that are two players that are in the top five in scoring in that conference also are in the top five in rebounding. So there's, there's points in the paint. Big guys, bigger in size and girth. So you see, I've seen them play a little bit, but there's a matchup issue and the data points to that. So I think Talladega can overcome it, but they're, there's, you know, they're going to have to change the game that whatever game they played or scheme they played in these first three games, they're going to have to play out of their minds in this game tonight. Great points. Great points. I told you right here, you're going to get all that data and some. Professor Drew, take it away, your thoughts on this matchup, and kind of give some insights of what y'all going to do and, and have people to look for to stick around and see the watch party to see if Talladega can find a way to get a crawl over these matchup problems to get the biggest prizes in national championship. Well, uh, number one, Doc, uh, you talked about Georgetown, St. John. Do you remember who uh, the third team was in that particular Final Four, Dr. Mm-hmm. Caville? That would have been the Villanova Wildcats. Villanova. Villanova. Yeah. Right. The year Villanova won. And let's go back. Villanova lost to Georgetown two times in the regular season, once in the Big East tournament, <laughs> and finally overcame for the ultimate prize. Hey, if, this, if this is the one game you're going to win, if you're only going to win one out of four, which one do I want to win? The last right. game, so <laughs> let's keep let's keep that in mind. So let's let's uh, hope uh, Talladega can do that. You know, this would be and you y'all you guys correct me if I'm wrong. The first uh, championship for an HBCU at uh, one of these lower levels since what Cheney State in the early '80s, I believe it was '82, yep. if I remember the year correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. That was at the Division Two level. Uh, we know you Virginia, have NIA, you got to go back to Texas. 1977. When your school, uh, was it still, was it Texas uh, Southern? Was it Texas A&I uh, then? Texas Southern. It Texas. was still, it was Texas yeah. Southern. So uh, that was the last NAIA uh, 
championship. So, uh, you know, this is historic. We know Virginia Union made those runs in the, I believe it was the late 80s uh, yeah. with, with Charles really? Oakley and uh, people like that on their team. But this is unprecedented territory for us as HBCU fans to get to the ultimate prize. You know, we saw what, what North Carolina A&T just did in track, but that's a different type of sport. You know, that's a sport where you know, that's individuals collectively as a team. This is a true team sport, and we don't get here too often. A uh, shout out to Paul Quinn, who has uh captured a basketball championship this year. But you know, I hate to say it, uh, that that was two weeks ago. We worried about today now. We worried about today. I, I got, I got, get your powder blue out, get, get your red out, and let's root on. Talladega and, and oh by the way uh Charles is a uh, coach prime gonna be watching Talladega game I mean he did ultimately get his degree from Talladega <laughs> but we want to make sure coach prime is uh is watching and rooting on uh technically his alma mater yeah, hey AD AD, there, AD there's I one thing you didn't say you bought up the AD you bought up all this history I thought you were going to bring out some data points, man. If you look at those three games, the margin of victory was relatively. Less ten. Everything was less than 10. Exactly. 10, 10 so, was the greatest uh, data point. You know, that's something that, uh, and, and that's a that's a loose ball here. Like, yeah. so, like, so, that's, a so reba- that's a rebound there. That's, that's a missed bucket or defensive stop there that changes the trajectory of those particular game. So AD, who's uh, the X Factor? Uh Daryl Baker is, is is one player who you definitely want to watch out yep. for for uh for, for Talladega. You know, when the seasons is all us all said and done, I do expect to see him on some all American lists. Absolutely. Pre- preferably the uh you know the first team. So uh you know this the SS the Ah, Southern States Conference is going to wind up winning a national championship, no matter who wins this. Uh, be the first one for that conference since 2015. Dalton State won it in 2015. Okay. And Faulkner won the, won the national championship in 2001 as uh, members of the uh, Southern States Conference. And you're talking about bringing it back to uh, the state of Alabama, where Birmingham Southern, Won it back in the '90s. Won it twice in the '90s. So you know, this this is big. You know, Alabama's Alabama's a football state. Alabama, a, a school from the state of Alabama is not supposed to be playing basketball this late <laughs> into into a tournament. So you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully this is going to be a great matchup. Hopefully, Coach uh, Coach Chris Wright has made the proper adjustments. Can you find that one thing on film? That's the difference. And so as, with as one day to, of practice, can he get can he get that in a practice and a shoot around for that one adjustment? Matter of fact, there was no practice. There, there's probably was only a shoot around because the game was played last night. So can he make that one adjustment or those one and a half adjustments that he needs to get over the yeah. top? To, that's well, what this, this is what we do here. We're gonna make sure we can get out of here because I know y'all gonna start to watch. <laughs> Let me do this. Starting with you, Drew. Can they get it done? I know we talked about all the ways and what. Yes or no? Do they get it done tonight? I I, I believe in Chris Wright. I believe in you Chris know. Wright. He's going to get it done. Professor Drew says gets it done. Professor Washington, 
Did they cut down the nets? Love them. Great season. But I, I, I wonder if your Loyola's in their heads. So I, I'd say they fall short. Professor Bishop, did they cut down the nets? Can they do all the pomp and circumstances? Do they bring a second championship home for HBCUs in 2022? Loyola's in their heads, Doc. I got to go with Loyola tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all tough. But you call it like you see it. Yeah. This is Dr. Neal inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. We'll tell you on Thursday which one of these three guys got it done in terms of their prediction. Thank you for listening to Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yada Kabil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, with our special guest today, uh, A.D. Drew, who will continue with Brian of the Sports Wrap if they do a special watch party as this is on ESPN3, but stick with them as they'll talk you through the matchups. And you saw the data points that you got from Mike Washington, the framing you got from Professor Bishop asking those tough questions and the breakdown historically you got from A.D. Drew. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the news. Um, again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills inside HBC Sports Lab, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday. So we'll be back on Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. It's Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Mike. Of course. Charles. Lecture. AD. Dismiss. Stay tuned. We get ready to go to the watch party. Hey man, no no change up, no change up. Put your glasses on. Put your glasses on. Watch party, man. We holler. <laughs>